Welcome everyone you're listening to and perhaps watching Calling the Audible. I'm your host, Pease Dalriz, and when it has returned from last week is our background. Finally, the graphics appropriate of Calling the Audible. Eagle, of course, has returned with him. He came graphics, of course. Thank you, Terry, for breaking the entire graphic set, <laughs> so I had to rebuild it, and I took the opportunity to put myself on camera. So, hello, party people. Happy yeah, Halloween. I am bit- dressed up as a producer. A little bit of improvement. We've been uh, trying to do some different things, as you know, this season. One of the things was do sort of like a semi-solo podcast, uh, but Eagle is in a room with me. Once in a while, we do converse. What makes it difficult is neither of us are looking at each other, and then I tend to look over at you, Eagle, when I, when I, when I address you, because otherwise I'm looking at my own face on a TV um, waiting for you to answer a question. So now I can actually look at you answering the question, on the TV, which is with, with our uh, viewers at home we're seeing. Hooray. Yeah. There we go. There he is. Um, how you doing, Eagle? I'm good. A lot how, of traveling. How uh, were your travels? Decent. So mm. you were in Washington and didn't go see an NLCS game? <laughs> they weren't playing at that point in time. The it NLCS was, was going on at the time. I don't think so. Early, early, early October? Well, the playoffs were. Some round was happening. I don't think so. Okay. I want to see. You know what? I'm going to go check it just to be sure. But yeah, I was in Washington, D.C., uh, then I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. and I, last week I was in Las Vegas. That was fun. Natural. And then next week I'm in London, not Ontario, uh, UK, and also Switzerland. So yay! Oh, nice. Is it uh, the me and Terry Time Show again? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna back up the graphics kit just so he doesn't break it again. <laughs> please, please. Can we store it somewhere in this room, other than the computer, so that he can find it? Like on a USB drive or something? Yeah, like in a box in the USB drive somewhere. If only we had the power of the cloud. If only, if only. Um, so it's a stormy Halloween night. Uh, cancel culture officially gone too far as Halloween canceled by Mayor Valerie Plant. Not really sure how you can cancel a voluntary activity with your children where other people engage by decorating their homes and deciding to or not to give out candy. Uh, well, the easy explanation is it's shitty weather outside. Like, I didn't even want to come here tonight. Uh, I didn't either. I didn't either. So you can only imagine the parents driving around collecting candy for their kids in their cars. So they don't want to be driving either. Oh, I understand that. But why would the mayor need to cancel it or declare that it has been not canceled? So the word gets out. (laughs) It's mayoral duties. But so, so every other year, is it hosted by the mayor? It's just assumed that it's October 31st, unless specified else. Yeah. Okay. So, my mistake. I misunderstood how voluntary community activities take place. Uh, either way, for those of you out with your kids and watching this at a later time or hearing this at a different time, if you're listening to us while you're with your kids, you're a terrible parent. You should have them taken away. We Multitasking is a thing. You know what? Maybe you're watching this with your kids. Multitasking is a made-up thing. That's just doing two things half-assed. Do a thing. Full ass. Um, another thing we'll talk to, we'll talk to you about, Eagle, before we start the show is uh, the Washington Nationals are World Series champions. You mean the Montreal Expos 2.0? And th- I don't know how I feel about this because, in theory, it's the the once-was Montreal Expos. Not in theory. It's absolutely the once-was Montreal Expos franchise uh, who literally, since they've left, have stopped being a laughingstock and have been uh, productive uh, franchise that teams can be that, that fans can be proud of. 
Um, but I mean, I remember how hurt I was seeing Jose Vidro, 37, in a Washington Nas- Nationals uh, uh, jersey eagle. So I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could truly celebrate this. It's a mix. I truly had mixed emotions. I thought I'd be generally ambivalent about baseball in general because I'm sort of an outsider fan. I like the game. Uh, after the Expos left, I started uh, cheering for the Mets, and there's nothing that kills your fandom quicker than the Mets. Like, even as a Dolphins fan, nothing kills your fandom quicker than the Mets. And uh, then, you know, I've, I've, I've followed it from the outside. But it actually did affect me. I did have a moment of like, huh, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, it was exactly that. I watched the last pitch, right? So it's a strikeout to end the World Series. Yeah. And I was just Which there is, and I'm That's like, one of the most dramatic ways. Like, I, a walk-off home run is absolutely dramatic. But that's low-key dramatic, right? Seeing a strikeoff and seeing the, fit, the pitcher fist pump on the mound as yeah. everyone rushes the mound. Like, it's so cool. And I was thinking, this could be the last pitch of the game. Okay, this one could be the last <laughs> pitch of the game. Oh, this, and there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this weird feeling of, oh, I guess that's it. I don't have any emotions. <laughs> well, that's, I, 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 I know, I know, I know uh, our Hot Sauce colleague, by the way, if you haven't seen it yet, please feel free to watch, uh, listen to, subscribe uh, to Hot Sauce Sports. We've You've been, been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. <laughs> We've been getting lots of uh, pleasant feedback about it. Uh, but our hot sauce colleague, Terry Tam, he's very upset about the Nationals winning. Um, I've seen other people very happy. But I feel like if you're a true Expos fan, you're just beaten. It's just a reminder of, like, someone took your shit. And it's like, like your girl's banging someone who's better than you at this point, right? That's that's what the Nationals that's are. That's basically it, yeah. You know, that's, and that's unfortunate. Um, Eagle, I saw a little bit of Vinnie Huffman taking on Lightweight. And what'd you think? It was I was excited for the game, and then I left at halftime because it was boring. Uh, one thing that was awesome was uh, Terry Tam was rushing Simon Dagenet, and uh, Terry could not get Simon's flag. Simon literally ran on him. <laughs> yeah, because um, Terry would blow by him after slapping Simon in the gut, and then no flag in his hand, and Simon would. I think he took off four first down, if I'm not mistaken, in this game. Um, no, it was on, uh, the, the lonely six-yard scamper. Uh, interestingly, there's three interceptions on the card, but Simon Dajani has only attributed one. That's the uh, awesome scorekeeping of Mo Khan in this game. Thank you, Mo. It was ugly. Um, there was, on, I want to say back-to-back plays, but there might have been a play in between. Um, Simon goes. Simon Dajani goes to throw... A post over the middle to Chris Miard, and Chris Miard sort of uh, turned in t- towards the middle of the field. Simon threw it upfield um, to nobody, and then that's always wonderful. And then Simon threw what looked like he thought was an outside fade, uh, but Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Lard ran in towards the middle, like like not even like a post, but like an inside release, inside shaded seam. And then the ball was thrown to ex-lightweight teammate Justin Blanchard, who intercepted the ball. Um, just an awkward, slow, ugly game. Uh, Vinny Galano wasn't particularly sharp either. He threw a there was one ball specifically on a wheel that, you know, it was tough coverage. He had to really squeeze it in there, but put in a spot where Marco Bertoli did everything in his power to catch the ball, unable to bring it in. Uh, but Vinny's Huffman did get the win over lightweight. Um, I think we were saying we thought this game is a game that Vinny Huffman should win 
by a drastic fashion, Simon Dagenet, either through one or three interceptions, depending, depending on which side of the stat sheet you fall. Um, and the Vinicius Huffman only won by two. So what does this tell you about lightweight? Are they better than you think? Or is it just, just Huffman not showing up or not really being in the game? This is the first time I think all season I've seen the true uh, lightweight roster with everyone there. Justin Lerner, Francois Hogue, healthy, Isaiah Lard, Chris Miard, Hendrick Ambrose, um, and Eddie Lee in the in on the field as well. On defense, I realized lightweight's defense is legit. Like that's that's probably if not the best defense in tier one, they're like one A or one B. It's up there with lightweight. It's up there with with Braves. Um, it's up there with like th- they're a team that belongs definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's it just it the criticism I have here is the serious criticism I have had of Simon Dajny for a long time. We tease and we joke, but he is better than than we've let on in the years when he's worked for the media. But the thing I, I've always said is he makes his life more difficult in that communication needs to be perfect because there's not there's there's a lot of um single read plays in that you need to be like he's read this defense, you need to beat your guy, you need to be at that spot at that time. And if not, the ball is gonna be intercepted or the ball's gonna harmlessly hit the turf. And we saw I saw that quite a few times this past week. Eagle, are there any games that caught your eye before we get to some playoff or, or bowl scenarios? Uh, I did not see any games this week at all. Cool. Um, can you fake it? Yes. Thank uh, you. Let's I'm take a look. I'm just using it so you can bring something up. Uh, well, let's see some interesting ones. Um, Junkyard Dogs lost 44-46. to 46. I said that in the weird order. Against STL. Um, that's a little bit surprising. I mean, does STL not have a defense anymore? Or what happened? Um... I think so. What's interesting is junkyard dogs appear to be learning very quickly, and, and specifically, p- specifically Jason Rossi. I, do you remember Jason Rossi's first game in FPF? Oh God, yeah. it was off. That was and, and no was, offense, Jason. No, but. It's, it's look. It's it's what happens a lot. Guys sign up to play in FPF. They don't know what the level of competition is like. They play outdoors or whatever, and then they get smoked. And they you know because I think they were in Division Four. Um, it was not pretty. So then he starts in this division and he's had t- some, so like against the weaker teams, against all hooks and against rockets, they, they perform well, but then STL handled them. Vinny's Huffman, uh, the score was closer than the game was the first time around. Second time around, the score looks exactly like what the game was. Um, but recently, if you look over the last three games, uh, Eagle, Junker Dogs beat Run and Gun 41-40. They tied Braves U 32 apiece. And now they lose the STL. Uh, sorry, they, yeah, they, they lose the STL 46 to 44. But even look at the other games. I mean, game one, they win 34 33 against all hooks. So you did that thing where you didn't listen. I, I mentioned that that their early two games were against the oh, two, two, okay, weaker yeah. teams in the division. Then they got to the heart of it. It was more difficult. And now, past three weeks, they've been uh, competing. With the better teams in the state. But the tier. only week that really they kind of weren't in it was week three, which was the other STL matchup where it was kind of a blow. Well, no, the other, well, Vinny's Huffman, you the, can the, argue. The two Vinny's Huffman's yeah. game weren't close. Uh, there was a junk time score in week four that made it look closer hmm. than, than, than it was. Uh, and it was it was a game where junk, uh, 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 Vinny's Huffman were sort of ripe for the taking. They weren't sharp, but then over time they just sort of outlasted. They just controlled the game like a more experienced, uh, higher division team. 
And um, but honestly, I, I I'm really impressed. I don't I don't think it's necessarily that SCL doesn't have a defense per se. The athletes are all there. Um, I just think it's Jason Rossi's playing at a a very very high level at this point, and and it's been awesome to see because look, a defense that has Jamie Ojea, Gab Wiseman, Zach Swern, you know, yeah, Dylan Taylor. By the way, as well, Terrence Adams, fantastic crusher. So it's not a defense where you would like what you 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 you're a guy who prides himself on on understanding defenses. Where's where's the weakness on this defense? Who do you pick on? You probably have to pick on Dylan Taylor. I mean, that's not great, and that's not great. That's I not mean, great. Brent Callender. I mean, I know we like to make fun of, but him too, he holds his He's own. A very aggressive uh, yeah. player in the flats. And then if you have Wiseman and Zwern on the outside, you don't want that either. Uh, Adams is a rusher. I mean, two sacks in this game. That's always good. I see. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know what's interesting is that they have Jamie Ojea and Paula Pierre in their roster, and they don't have any defensive stats in this game. So I don't know if they're just not getting reps or if they are. And uh, in this game over here, Rossi just avoided them like the plague. Yeah, yeah. That's Which, a, by the way, is a great idea. Yeah, it's but. the thing you got to do. <laughs> that's the thing you got to do. Um, leprechauns have Matthew Kiljan once again starting for uh, Leprechauns. Um, they beat Trailer Park Boys thirty-five to nineteen. Um, weird season. They go into it with Marc Andre Desolnier as the quarterback. He uh, first gets sick, then he starts a job that requires him to work at night. And you know, it's it's a team, I guess, that was built with that idea, that that concept that uh, they might not have the quarterback all season long. As Matthew Kildrum, we know him from Bud Knights, of course, Eagle. Mm -hmm. He has a good game here. Um, very Matthew Kildjanian. Uh, Fourteen completions. On 24 passes, four touchdowns, one interception. So he's a guy who takes a lot of shots. Uh, did defense didn't make him pay, and he's going to win those games more often than not. Trailer Park Boys are a team I find to be particularly interesting. I thought they were one of the stronger teams in this bracket, and we see them taking now four straight losses after their their win week four against Untouchables. Since then, uh, the only game they were even in was a 26-25 loss to Honey Martin. Well, I mean, if you look at their first four games, right? So uh, they played one and Niners mm -hmm. in week one, which is a blowout. Yeah. They played Lockdown, which was not a good team in week two. Arguably not a good team in week eight. Um, then Honey Martin, they, got, they lost to, and then they beat Untouchable. So they went three and one in those first four games. But really, the only game that was really at a competitive level, let's call it, was week three, where they lost decisively. So then going into week five to eight, sure, they're at the top of the standings. Again, the Honey Martin game, is it reverse effect. It's actually the only one that's competitive in the second half of the season. Yeah. The other ones have all been blowouts. And the thing is, is that, I know what you're saying, Eagle, but having played against them and you played against them as well, I just thought they were far more athletic, far more dominant than a lot of the – just from a physical standpoint. Physicality-wise, I agree with you. I think the problem with the team is that their offense is very – like you know what you're getting, right? They don't have that many plays in their playbook or it's big plays or jump balls where they need to bail out uh, Antoine Meunier on a lot of plays. So if that's not happening or if you adjust and they – even on defense, they're getting stops because they're aggressive, but maybe they're just being too aggressive and getting burned over and over again, you know? So uh, I I don't know what to do with this team. It's it's not the same because uh, Vincent Benjamin is on the roster but hasn't played a single game in the second so half either. That I spoke help. to Vincent Benjamin before the season. He told me, because uh, I asked him to play for supply and command, he's like, sure, as long as you don't play Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday nights, I have class. And I was like, well, 
Then you can't play the fall season. Yeah, pretty much. So every team he was supposed to be on kind of had to deal with the fact that Mason Benjamin was not available. Um, so yeah, so that's that's uh, that game. Eagle, what's what's the game that caught your attention? Uh, is catching your attention. Let's put it that way. Uh, in tier two, uh, there was a game between the Blackouts and Ligro Cook, which ended nineteen eighteen. I always like these little tight extra point games because it always gives us the opportunity to remind people how about extra points are so goddamn important and everyone forgets yet, about them. Yet we don't track them. We will. Um, it seems insane it's taken us this long. Yes, I know. Everything takes forever. Um, by the way, the app de- developer uh, last week, Eagle, uh, Joy Pereira, friend of both of ours, he uh, he uh, wished me happy birthday on my birthday. Oh, and that's very sweet I said, oh, and for my birthday, you're uh, clearing up the queue of everything we need for the app. He actually is. Yeah, but he didn't finish. My that is correct. Passed, so he's a jerk. Uh, I don't think it works that way. I believe it does. I believe it does. Point is, point is, he couldn't deliver. Um, yeah, Blackouts, again, Blackouts are a team since they're they're since they've started playing in FPF, they've impressed me. Julien Lachance is not there yet. He's physically there. He's played quarterback before. His mechanics are very good. He's a very good athlete. He's got a great arm. Jesus Christ, that I wish I had his arm and athleticism and good looks. I got none of those things. I have a face for podcast, as they say. But the thing is, there's just something to do with the play calls and the spacing and timing. It's not all there. He doesn't know how to best use the entire field. Um, and it's a shame because I actually I think this team is as well built as, as any other. We see, we see that. Like, Ligro Cook are probably one of the fastest teams in this tier. And Dom, Dom Lefort, other than two times he escaped and ran, uh, was kind of kept in check. Didn't put up a ton of yards. Uh, 100. 50 or so yards combined. Um, it just just seems really, really uh, stagnant considering what we've seen in some games from that offense. But, Eagle, if you look at a team like Grokuk, um, there is somewhat of an inconsistency. Like, we see we see this round, um, they haven't scored more than uh, three times. Although, the cure to that, by the way, is their next game because if you play supply and command, you're going to score a lot. You say that, but just watch, dude. It's uh, it's been, it's been a hemorrhage. <laughs> you know what? I say that. Look at week one. Yeah, forty-five. Yeah, that's been that's been the supply and command season. I've I've been there for those games. I can tell you, uh, when you lose a game, when you lose on three occasions, scoring thirty points, it's an interesting season. But um, the thing is, like, there is is there is it just that when they face teams that are as athletic they can't dominate or is it is it just an inconsistency inconsistency issue for Lego Cook? I think it's got to be an inconsistency. I mean, the guys on the roster aren't necessarily bad. I mean, they're fast, dude. Yeah, I know, but that's it though. Normally, you have a bunch of fast guys on the field. You can at least throw forty bombs and score just that way, right? You get one-on-one matchups on the outside. Dom Lefort doesn't do that. He he runs around a lot in the pocket. He buys times and he deli- like and he has a gun. So as he's running, he's able to deliver the ball over the middle on the line. And guys create space and separation. But then how come it works in some games and it doesn't I don't others? know. I can't understand it because when I saw them play, I was like, okay, they're much better. When they played against week one, I was like, this is a much better team than supplying command. Congrats, guys. Enjoy your quarterback with 4-2 speed. Awesome. You know, and um, 
since then, like they've looked like an okay team. They're 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 competitive in every game, but they're just they're just not they're not putting it together, you know. And it's uh, it seems it seems kind of interesting to me. Um, Eagle, what else do you ca- what else got your eye? Um, the other games this week, not that they weren't interesting, but there weren't. Well, I guess Warriors. My condolences is, is the next closest one that we can take a look at. Uh, Warriors won thirty nine to thirty five in uh, Bord Boulogne. So maybe there's. Are they actually from Laval? Or they, they are. They uh, home school, field advantage. High school mates with uh, Joey Taylor and company. Well, there you go. So yeah. Um, Warriors. Honestly, I I hope the Warriors come back in winter. Um, they they seem to have grown a lot. They seem to have matured a lot uh, from just their demeanor on the field, but also the way they play has improved even though like the results aren't there yet they're playing better competition and i feel as though they're playing better and mike solomene has these games like this one eagle 26 for 35 242 six touchdowns no interceptions that's that's, that's crazy that's really game. good that's like what you dream of as a quarterback in 44 minutes to put up six touchdowns is not easy no you know so it's some of the best in, in fpf have, have difficulty with that so um, kudos to them. I'm I'm very very impressed. And you know, I mean, Jeremy Anderson, 21 for 26, 211, five. That's also very. But the good. thing is, is my is they went up against uh, Jeremy Anderson. Take take all of Jeremy Anderson's knowledge. The fact that he plays, he's played Division Two FPF before Division A FPF. This is a guy who's played at 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 this speed before. Not a quarterback, but he's played at this speed, and he understands the game in a way that Warriors. Still had to learn that a couple of seasons ago, right? They take a, they take a season off or a year off. I don't remember what it is exactly. They take some time off. They come back. I mean, I know that the the blowout situation with uh, uh, Stefano Solomene was last fall. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they played in winter. I know they didn't play spring. I don't think they did. So yeah. So uh, it's amazing though. They took they took time off, and in that time they improved com- so completely. The defense is better. The 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 uh, the uh, the quarterbacking is better. Everything about the team is, is better than it was. It just doesn't look the part yet because they're now playing in a higher, they're playing better competition, right? So, Peace, if you were building a team, and I would say you can have either Kendall Myers and Ben McMahon or Stefano Salomene and Peter Janis, who would you take? Because hmm. look at the stats in this so team. They carried hard. Is this, is this, <laughs> are these teams that I'm quarterbacking? Um. Well, let's go with a theoretical team first. Like if it's me, let's say you are general manager. So you have to your first picks are wide receivers because whatever. It's a weird league. So you have to take two <laughs> wide receivers first. Which ones are you taking? And it's a package deal, so you can't split them. Yeah. So that that would be my first thing <laughs> is I'd split them. So you would split them. Who would you take? Um. Again, this might be preference of the things I like in receivers, but Kendall Myers and Stefan Solomon. They're both tall. They're both fast. They both have very good hands, um, and they're guys who do damage in space. That's guys. That's things I like. Um, the, you know, look at Justin Blanchard's stats any season he's played with me. That's that's what I like personally, right? So, um, but you I, wouldn't want like okay. So now I would think with a theoretical team that you're so not the quarterbacking. Problem, the you wouldn't want so like, like a, a slot I probably, receiver. I probably and would go. I probably would go Warriors as a gen, as a generic thing because. Oh, sorry, I would go. Uh, my condolences as a generic team because Kendall Myers, Benjamin Mann, they're proven commodities in FPF. Uh, they've played, uh, especially Kendall Myers has played uh, high division FPF. And the f- what 
what Kendall Myers gives you on defense is supremely underrated. He's a very good, very good shutdown corner in FPF. If it's me, however, I have an issue with shorter receivers. I am not the most accurate. I couldn't use Ben McMahon the same way a lot of other guys use him, uh, the same way a guy like Jeremy Anderson can use him, who's got just a cannon, can rip it into a, sm- to a small window, mm-hmm. and a guy like Benji can, can, can break open after three or four tackles. I need guys with range because I am inaccurate. And so uh, if it's me, I'm probably choosing the Warriors guys. But as a, as a whole, I say the, my condolences to Duo. That's a good question, though. I like that one. Um, but if, if I had the, the ultimate situation for me specifically, it would be Kendall Myers and, and Stefano Solomon. I have another question for you. Go. Do you understand how the playoffs work? Um, barely. So I'm going to let you explain it because you don't know why I don't understand why. Because no one told you? Nope. Uh, because I, uh, as of this week, do not qualify oh, yes. e- for either of my teams. That's wonderful. All right. So but it's the best thing in FPF. You're just playing for stats, which is what we all do. So so let's start off with a breakdown of Tier 3 first. Um, so Tier 3 has 12 teams making playoffs in three categories. So there's Category 1, the Cash Bowls. Uh, where there's a actual monetary prize awarded to the team who wins. So these are the one to four seeds uh, after the end of the regular season, regardless of whether you're in the top half or the bottom half. So the, you can see here, these are all the, I think it's 20 teams in tier three sorted in one gigantic list based on all the usual tie breaks. So points, uh, head-to-head, well, points wins, head-to-head, divisional, uh, points against, plus-minus, uh, after that, it goes strength of schedule and then coin toss. So I think we only get to like, like yeah. divisional or uh, points against like once or twice. But anyway, so all 20 teams are sorted here, 1 to 20. So top four are cash prize bowl. Uh, five to eight are constellation group A. Uh, 9 to 12 is constellation group B. 13 to 20, thank you for playing. Goodbye. Uh, note these standings are not final because there are still games next week. So week nine uh, is still possible for teams to move up or down. Uh, so, for example, replacements are currently on the outside looking in. However, with a win, they would get into playoffs because they would bump out leprechauns. Similarly, Wait, but you have eliminated uh, right now. But that's why these aren't final standings. Based I, wish, on I know, but I wish we would have written which ones are like truly currently eliminated so i had it in bold and unbold but then uh, but all of this everything is bold. <laughs> everything has been so bolded. can you tell us which ones for example in tier three right now who has been eliminated officially so bdr one and niners Lionhearts, fafia sabon trailer park boys scranton stranglers and untouchables you are all out the only team who's still remaining is replacements who can win or tie and potentially get into the uh the playoffs and Leprechauns, I believe, is the only team actually on the fence because of the replacements being able to push them out. That being said, 1 to 11, or effectively 12, are not final seeds either because there's so many teams with seven, uh, seven games, so one game left, mm-hmm. all in that 8 to 9 point range. And even at the top, Threat Level of Midnight, Rogues, and Lee OGs are still kind of 
fighting for that top seed. And a part of my swag can fall out of the uh, cash round with a win from Bandidos or Honey Martin or potentially with Voodoo, depending on the tie breaks. So there's a lot I think, of movement that's still available. I part of my available. swag has the tie break on, on Voodoo. But, but you can even get into a three-way tie if Chaka Barracuda's also win, right? So there's a whole mix and match that can happen yes, here at yes, 10 yes, points. Okay, sorry, I didn't figure that it out. One, yeah. Now, that being said, part of my swag is 100% divisional record, so they're likely locked in to that seed. But again, well, but unless, unless, if unless Bandidos Martin, wins, they it, jump up to 11, PMS jumps down. I mean, there's right. a ton of movement two, that can still two, happen. The two, I think, pushing truly for a spot in the catch bowl are Los Bandidos and Honey Martin, both at 4-2-1. and would end at 5-2-1 and with a win. Who is uh, Los Bandidos playing this week? Uh, so if we take a look at this week's schedule, uh, give me one second. So we have uh, Los Bandidos are playing Threat Level Midnight. So that's going to be a battle for the top. Nice. Uh, we have uh, Honey, Martin? Uh, Honey Martin is playing Chocolate Barracudas. And Leo G's is playing Rogues. So that's another fight for the top, let's call it. That actually might be a repeat in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Uh, Los Bandidos are playing, yeah, Third Little Midnight. Uh, Fafi and Saban are playing Voodoo, so Voodoo can kind of push their way up a little bit more with a win over them. And uh, I think Voodoo, if I'm not mistaken, due to tie breaks, they're kind of locked into where they're kind of locked into their bracket. Probably so. If I remember correctly. Probably so, yeah. Um, and I'm lastly, gonna, replacements put can potentially push out Leprechaun with a win over BDR. I've started putting this all together in an article uh, just because not everyone watches the podcast. So usually the articles and podcasts are about different things. Uh, this time around, because of the importance of the whole playoffs, we want to be able to get that out about Saturday morning. We're supposed to be getting one from Marco Rodriguez only as well. That's more thematic. Uh, no news on when that one's coming out yet, but mine should be out Saturday or Sunday morning with sort of some of the breakdowns of some of the scenarios um, and we'll look at that and we'll be posting these uh, a version of these graphics as well um, in, in that article um, ready to take a look at tier two I am ready I was just about to ask you for that all right so tier two uh, very similar so again there's 20 teams 12 make it same breakdown one to four five to eight and then nine to twelve um, so we can see here, uh, and I'll do this in reverse order again, Limitic, Supply and Command, Ligrokuk, Mean Machine, Dream Breakers, Blackouts are all eliminated. Mangoose and Warriors still have a chance to squeeze their way in. And vice versa, Team Ethnic uh, and ISUP, I believe, are locked into the upper seeds. But there's still a chance for some reshuffling with Tenton Hammocks, Chocolate Thunder, and Diablos and Outlaws all having games to play. Yeah, so it's a, tier two is pretty interesting in terms of the, with all the scenarios that remain. Um, Outlaws holding on to that cash bracket, uh, dearly. Centaurs being being buoyed by two things: a tie and the supply and command defense, <laughs> um, really helping them out last week, uh, as as well as the offense. I wasn't perfect either, but uh, it's just the the joke, the joke of the season for us. Uh, that middle constellation bracket for me is, is most interesting, Eagle, because Chocolate Thunder and Diablos, well, most, mostly Diablos. If Diablos lose this week, they might lose their way out of a bracket, even though at the moment they're, they're, in, they're, in, that middle, they're in that middle bracket. Yes, it's absolutely so th possible. So even with the other teams having no games to play, Diablos... Well, I mean, that being said... Likely. They're divisional records 3-0, so you're going to get into a multi-way tie, well, like and you're it, likely like going to finish at the top. Bruins, okay, so open Diablos tab. Uh, so Diablos are playing Dreambreakers this week. That's that's a fun game, actually. It's a, yeah. it's, uh, 
It's yeah. It, it'll be a fun game. Yeah. In the battle of nobody cares, Ligro Cock is playing Supply and Command. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, guys. You're both yeah. eliminated. Uh, We're, it's our own. It's the trash bowl. Um, Outlaws are playing Mangoose, so Mangoose is fighting for their life in that game. They need a win to try and give themselves a tie break. Um, but wait, 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 wait. Diablos are playing who though? Diablos are playing Dreambreakers. Dreambreakers. And the Diablos play Bruins this season. Diablos have. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Don't think Control F. Bruins? No, they have not. They have so not played them. If the Diablos lose this week, Bruins jump them by not playing a game. Uh, but again, it's a multi-way tie at eight points, right? Well, yeah, but so like they both have three and one divisional records, and then the points against Bruins are far less than Diablos. Yes, yes, exactly. So that would that would be true. So that's awesome. I wa- so I'm always rooting against François Martin, truthfully, because I like him, but. I'm always rooting against him in all circumstances of life. It's how I show friendship. But I'm actually legit rooting against him in this speci- this specific instance because I want that scenario. I want a team to advance without playing a game. That's awesome. So Outlaws is playing Mangoose. So Outlaws is trying to solidify themselves in the cash bowl. Mangoose is trying to make themselves uh, into the playoffs. Warriors are playing Chocolate Thunder. So again, Chocolate Thunder trying to push them to push their way into the cash bowl or at least hold on to a consolation seed. Warriors want to get into playoffs. And then yeah. Tenton Hammocks is playing Mean Machine. So Mean Machine, uh, no thanks. But Tenton Hammocks, you could potentially also jump into the cash round. So these games are super critical right now. Yeah, and we'll we'll do we'll do a pick 'em, a last pick 'em for uh for uh the season for the regular season uh and this on this podcast uh, later today. But in the meantime, let's go to the tier one. Yeah. And tier one, our graph assist uh, did a little oopsie on this one. <laughs> Warriors, um, Mangoose, so Blackouts, kept- Dreambreakers, Meme Machine, Grokuk, you're eliminated from tier one. You didn't participate in it, but you're definitely eliminated. Yeah. So you guys don't exist. Yeah, so pretend that's not actually there. So there's only 12 teams in tier one. Only eight uh, make playoffs. So top four uh, cash the uh, next four constellation and next four go home. So Dead Prez, Rockets, and Running Gun, y'all are out. BYOB, you still have a chance to squeeze your way in. And then uh, Lightweight and Junkyard Dogs, you're really hoping on a loss from BYOB or at least a tie so you can figure out some tie breaks. Lightweight, you're really in trouble. So you're likely going to fall out if BYOB gets that extra point because you're 0-3-1 in divisional record. So... That's it's crazy. You. It's crazy to think that lightweight will likely finish outside the bracket. Like, so who's BYOB playing this week? So in tier one, uh, there's only three games left. So STL is playing Vinny's Huffman. So that's gonna get determine the, uh, the I seeding. guess top seed basically. Yeah. Um, that's basically the shuffle around. Then you have Dead Prez playing BYOB, which is a game that BYOB needs to win. Dead Prez doesn't matter. And then Two and a Half Dans is playing Urgence Medzik in the last game. So who's, um, who's BYOB playing? BYOB is playing uh, Dead Prez. Okay, Dead Prez. That's it. That's it. And then Urgence Medzik is playing Two and a Half Dans. So basically, they can kind of switch their seating here for the uh, Cash and Constellation round, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard the guys from Two and a Half Dans talking about how they still had a chance to make the, the Cash round. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, BYOB, I, I mean, look, they have a, they have a good draw. They're one point behind lightweight, and they face Dead Prez, who have been who are one in six. So, so 
That Th- two-point loss to Vinny Huffman really hurt lightweight. Man. This is going to be a fun week nine, and then uh, the playoff schedule's out as well, so you guys can take a look at that. Uh, depending on whether you're tier one, two or, two, or three, you're either playing the week of November uh, 10th, 17th, or 10th or 17th, and then the finals are either the 25th or the 27th. So check the schedules accordingly. Your games are already pre-scheduled. It's just a matter of the final seating before you figure out where you actually are. And then we're going to figure out what we're doing in terms of coverage. That is correct. Because that still hasn't been discussed at any level. So, yeah, we need to do that. Uh, I think we should speak to the uh, head of media. I think they should be able to figure this out yeah, for us. Probably. Peace, uh, who would that be? Team of one this season. That's super fun, by the way. Um, I hate this. Yeah. I hate this. You know what you don't hate? What don't I hate? Either? Games of the week! I, I, I love you, but we've spent so many weeks together this year because of the fall season. I can't wait to not hear you say that for weeks. It's funny. because I'll miss it. I'll miss it in December, right? Yeah, I know. But right now, right you're now, sick of it. My God. And like, I, like, so early on in the year, when we go out, grab a drink or go out, grab dinner, we'll spend the entire time talking about FPF. I noticed last time we went out, we did not mention FPF a single time. Because we don't want to anymore. No, it's like we're tired, we're worn out. Um, honestly, we do love doing this. The, the podcast is a blast. Um, Just in general, long, FPF is a blast. It is. It's fun. It's, it, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, we really love working with FPF Media. If people are ever interested in working for FPF Media, please feel free to contact me. Like, uh, But seriously, though, if you actually do want to join the team, then... Let us know. Yeah, We're I, I absolutely open to having you guys join. Just, just tell us and we'll let you in. Reach out to me. Uh, I don't bite unless it's sexual. So I'm probably not attracted to you. But take a chance. Take a chance. All right. So, peace. Let's, uh, let's predict some futures here. We're going to do all the games because there's not that many in Week 9. So let's start off in Tier 3. We have Late OGs versus Rogues. Um, give me Late OG to win that one. I will take Rogues. Uh, Honey Martin versus Chocolate Barracudas. Uh, maybe this is my sweet spot, my soft spot, but I am going Honey Martin. Me too, I'm going Honey Martin. Uh, it's only because Ignacio's doing the spreadsheet for us, isn't it? Uh, Fafi et Sabond versus Voodoo, and also yes. How does that team get away with that name? Uh, Voodoo. Uh, I will tentatively agree with you, but that one I'm a little bit hesitant on. Um, this should be a good game. Los Bandidos versus Threat Level Midnight. Uh, Threat Level Midnight. You don't think Bandidos has it in them? I can't go. I can't go away from Golden Face. I'm gonna go with Los Bandidos. All right. And our last game of the week: BDR versus Replacements. Replacements one dollar. I will agree with you. Let's go tier two. Um, we have Dreambreakers versus Diablos. Um, Dreambreakers because I'm always rooting against Consumerte. So they will live up to their name. Yeah. And break the dreams of Diablos. Mm-hmm. I will agree with you. Um, Supply and Command versus Le Grokok. Supply and Command by 78. I feel like you have that in the wrong order. It's Grokok <laughs> by 78. Um, Outlaws, Mangoose. Um, Outlaws. Uh, yeah, I like that. Outlaws. I'm going to call Outlaws, Mangoose. Sorry, you're going home. Warriors versus Chocolate Thunder. Unfortunately, all for all the good things I said about Warriors, I think they're going to lose this game to Chocolate Thunder. No, I'm going to pick Warriors on this. Is it because I convinced you with my analysis? Ye- the, you mean the one where you said all my analysis and now I'm picking against them? You mean that analysis? Yeah. But yeah. But did I Because conv- I convinced myself despite my analysis. So then did my analysis convince so you? So then are you a good analyst or a bad analyst? I am something. You're a Everyone something. Everyone is something. I think I that's a fact. Uh, well, 
<laughs> Maybe not until they anyway. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to start that topic. Uh, and then last game, Tencent Hammocks versus Mean Machine. Tencent Hammocks have this one in the bag, I think. You think? Yeah. Because Mean Machine, they can, they can. It's but just it's a system. You take away the system, and yeah, I think they can do it. You gotta, you gotta actually want to do. You have to commit to doing it. That is fair. Um, give me, give me Tencent Hammocks, and the defense is gonna give. Uh, it's gonna give two and a half dance a tough time. And then I'm sorry, it's gonna give. Um, I, I was looking at the wrong game now because the different screen came up. It's gonna give me machine a tough time. Uh, and then tier one STL game versus Vinny's Huffman game of the week. Uh, give me STL. STL. Mm, yeah, it's a tough one though. That is a tough one. But if Vinny's Huffman do what they did last week, STL is gonna take it easily. Um, Dead Prez versus BYOB. Sorry, Simon. BYOB. I would agree. And then 2HD versus Urgence Medzik. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You got to pick something. Okay, I'm picking first then. I'm picking Urgence Medzik. I'm going to say guys are missing because the game's at 11, two and a half times. All right, there we go. Well, this was fun. <laughs> this was fun. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Oh, yes, you're not here. It's uh, Terry and I next week. Yeah. We're going to break down all of the bowl games, uh, do a little bit of uh, game preview, something I don't do a ton of uh, on this show. We're going we're gonna to actually get into that. Maybe we'll see if we can get another analyst in studio. Maybe maybe we can convince Mulcahn to take a break from which of the games. And there's not the too many games to break down either, which is nice. So it should be okay. Yeah, it's, it'll be it'll be f- more fun, I think, if we get at least someone else in studio that week. I think it'll be fun. Um, Eagle, thanks for everything. Thank you. Let's go brave the storm. Not together, but separately. Together, but separately. S- togetherly? Togetherly. Separate together. <laughs> <laughs>